Caution, learning in progress. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Smarter Every Season. I am Hans Stutzman, and I am joined today in the studio with Clay Scott. Clay, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you doing, Hans? I am doing good. It is a busy week. We are recording this the week before Winter Conference, so it is a lot going on, a lot of stuff jumping around in the in the, in the main building here uh, this week. Today, though, we're going to be talking about custom planner bars. Yep. Um, kind of the mindset we've looked at is we've had a lot of our dealers that have been building some of these, been working on these over the past couple of years. And so we're going to try and take a kind of a little bit of a, I don't know if I'd say it's a top level, but a, a, a first look at custom planner bars is the way I would describe it. So um, to do that, we've brought on uh, two of our region managers um, from kind of two ends of the state. So Caleb Stuber, uh, you are from Texas. You're coming from, from Texas. Join us today. How are you doing today, Caleb? I am. I'm doing well. Yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> No, Caleb was a uh, Caleb's a, he's a Texas boy now, but we uh, we uh, we shipped him down there from Central Illinois. So I don't know if we shipped him or if he voluntarily Correct. went. I'm one of the two. I'm not sure which way you take that. Oh, uh, loving it down here. Loving it down there. I think you're a Texas boy at heart now. I don't think I could get you back here in Illinois. I'm still struggling to say y'all though. <laughs> That's not natural. It'll get there. It'll get there. I'm sure your kids have it by natural by now. <laughs> They're much more than I am. <laughs> So Caleb's coming from us. Um, uh, his area, there's been quite a few guys down there that have done some custom bars and has worked through some stuff. So we kind of brought him on with that. Um, and then uh, other ranger manager is Jason Koning. Jason, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. Jason, you are in Michigan, and you actually come with some firsthand experience on custom bars, correct? Yes. Uh, about five years ago, um, I have experience on our own farm. Uh, stripping a bar down and starting from the ground up, building our planner up. Okay. Awesome. So that's kind of where we're, we're going from there. I'm glad you're here. I don't have any great stories about Jason as far as shipping you from different places or just dealing with you in Michigan. So we'll, we'll work through that. I'm sure we'll get some fun points with you as we get through the, through the podcast. Well, so. Hans, I mean, as, as Buckeye graduates, that's true. We, we can't, can't cut him too much slack, but if I remember right, Jason, you're not a, you're not a blue and gold kind of guy. You're a green and white guy. Oh yeah, go there green. Go. Yeah, I went to Michigan. I went to Michigan State, so you and I both hate the school in Ann Arbor. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't even bring yourself to say it. Yep. And that's 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 the way we're, where we're at. I mean, that's we got some alliances going on, Jason. We're in good shape. We're in good shape. That's right. That's right. So as we talked through custom planner bars, and as we kind of looked at some of these from some different customers, as the dealers have been working on it, one of the things that we kind of wanted to, to bring out a little bit is. Um, Caleb, I'm going to point to you first a little bit, but what is the draw for these customers that are going to our dealers or some of the dealers themselves? Why are they looking at a custom bar versus an OEM? What's some of the draw that they're looking for? Yeah, there's there's a couple different um, reasonings for that, I believe. Um, one, um, just sheer price. Um, a lot of growers feel that they can um, come in at a, at a lower price but still get a brand new planner out of out of that okay um as well as down here we have a lot of different row spacing um in the territory that i cover um you know we're running anywhere from 15 inch got 20 inch uh, 30 36 38 40 uh some 60 inch planners so um quite the gamut of 
of range and everybody's kind of looking, you know, for something very specific to their farm, um, their row spacing, what they need um, for the different crops. There's numerous different crops that we plant down here. And uh, a custom bar really fits that well um, where they can customize it to exactly um, what they're looking for on their farm. So and that's related so, as and related to row configuration as far as row spacing and that type of thing that will fit the specific crops that they're planting the the combination of the crops that they're planting. Correct. Yes, and as well as there's some you know ver, row spacing versus number of row um, that are just not available from an OEM okay. as well. Um, and so guys are looking, you know, for for that route as well to. You know, I can't get this anywhere else, so let's build what we want. You know, whether it's an 18 row planter or even a, a 40 inch, 24 row stackfold type planter, we've we've been able to build and find bars that will meet those needs. Okay, so I guess this one would kind of be for for Jason um, in Michigan. What are you seeing as far as? Um, OEM versus custom. I know there's quite a few harvest bars up that way. What's the what's the percentage of I would say let's go new builds. Let's let's say a V drive delta build. What are you seeing as far as your dealers are doing uh, OEM to custom bars? Uh, I mean that's a good question. I mean there, we certainly do have a fair amount of my dealers that are utilizing Harvest International or now that we have been selling um, uh, the the toolbar from Agco that a few dealers have gone that route. Um, you know, there's, there's some guys like me when I did with my farm that we stripped the bar down to literally nothing, no units or anything and build up from there. Um, and still the majority of our business is still at, at its heart of retrofitting an existing OEM bar that might be 20 years old, yep. but there's significant value there into retrofitting that technology on instead of buying it new from the factory, right? I mean, I have a John Deere 8400 power shift tractor. I love my tractor. It does a great job, but, you know, sometimes that shift jump from 12th to 13th gear is a little large, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I, I'd love an IVT transmission. Unfortunately, I can't retrofit an IVT transmission into an 8400, and I can't afford to buy a new tractor with that nice transmission. Yep, yep, absolutely. But if I wanted to up. Yeah, the, the, the technology to upgrade as a planner, instead of me spending $300,000, I st- started with an old frame, an older bar, and retrofitted up from there and had more than what I could get from the factory for right. a fraction of the cost, right? Yep, yep. And it's funny that you mentioned the, the 12 to 13 shift because Hans and I have had that conversation up at our desk multiple times about almost being thrown out of the seat by that, that 12, 13 shift. But. We, we, we both smiled at each other at that, at that exact moment. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as a 4440 going from 7th to 8th. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> like light speed in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, we, we, have, we have farmers up here that are, that are doing custom planter builds for any reason you can think of from customization of, of rows, row spacing. We got guys in 15 inch rows up here, 20s, 22s, 28s, 30s are still obviously the most common. We've got guys building custom vegetable planters 
and wider row spacing for pumpkins than that. So there's a lot of customization there with row spacing. Um, there's a lot of guys that are doing custom fertilizer setups. We have a long history in Michigan of using banded fertilizer on a planter. You know, significant. There's a significantly higher amount of guys in Michigan and Ohio that have liquid fertilizer on their planter compared to, you know, Illinois and Iowa. Yep, and right. so the customization that we have of these liquid systems, I have dealers that are doing a lot of work on custom liquid systems. And we have a lot of dealers now that are putting on custom boom sections across the bar, whether it be hard plastic or even a stainless steel wet boom. And they just make the liquid system so much cleaner and easier to work on, easier to service, easier to winterize, and easier for liquid flow. So there's there's a lot of reasons why I, I have guys up here that are doing custom bars. But like Caleb said, price is the number one thing. So guys are going back to – so just kind of touching base on this. So you guys are going back to simplifying – the, the the install process by or getting the, the the need for fertilizer or the need for row spacing or specific crop type and then a large part of it is I can do it for less cost than what I can try and take an OEM planter and build it from there. Absolutely. I mean there's there's restrictions that an OEM bar or manufacturer will give you from the factory, right? I mean right. we've said for how many years that the planter is the hot rod of the plant of the farm. Yep. You know, and that hot rod is something I'm gonna want to make it different than anyone else potentially because it's mine i'll modify i'll i'll, I'll modify my planner far more than i'll modify anything else that I've, that's on the farm for sure so as i hear some of the things that you you guys are going through um the row units configuration or row spacings and then also the fertilizer are kind of the the things that i'm i'm hearing you guys are saying what's the the tipping point what's the that that's pushing these guys to it. What specifically are they, what kind of configurations are you guys going after? I'm hearing wide rows is some of them. Um, what are some of the bar makes just a little bit, not to drop names, but just curiosity of what, what fold styles or what are you guys, what are some of the specific custom bars that guys are going after? I'm just curious to know a little bit about what you guys are, are setting up. Just kind of an idea of what, what is the specific bar that guys are building? For the type of planters that we're that we're running, I would say the strong majority are all three-point mounted planters. Now there are definitely pockets um, with pull-behind planters as well. Um, for us, the most probably custom planter builds that we're doing um, are going to be a three-point mounted planter, and we're looking um, probably. And there's different reasons for it, but um, some guys. Um, are going to do just a, a straight bar. It's going to be either a stack fold or a vertical fold. And the nice thing with the vertical folds, and we've kind of started seeing a little bit of movement towards those, is that we can add the central commodity box um, and even possibly not have to add the lift assist wheels, where with a lot of the stack fold bars, if you want the central commodity box, it's almost it's going to really extend that back we're going to have to put the lift assist wheels on um and it it really bulks up and makes that planter a lot larger where that vertical fold kind of just folds up and over the top of of that box and so we've seen some movement towards that i mean um as well as in especially the 40 inch row spacing um, for a lot of the cotton um, you know we've got some local bar manufacturers down in this area whether it's sm fab or bigum 
um, that'll make those 40 inch stack fold planter bars, um, even one of them up to a 24 row 40 inch stack fold. It is a monster of a planter. How wide is that going down the road? <laughs> <laughs> wide, <laughs> very wide. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but we've got a couple of those running around, um, you know, definitely some, a lot of harvest bars around as well. I'm starting to see some Hawkins planter work bars coming in as well. Okay. Um, but most of those in, in the, in the three point, um, few pull behinds, um, but, but not many at this point. Yeah, one on the then the large part of that. I mean, they're building these these bars um, full width and transportation as far as that, and basically trying to hit the the width that they need. Um, but then I'm guessing one of the tricky things with they're picking then is is getting the full points. I mean, you could get a bar that's big enough that way from an OEM, but then trying to to customize row widths and all that's got to be built around the full points of these bars. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Caleb has a lot of three-point planters in his region, and that is certainly not the norm up in Michigan. Um, there are a few areas that have some three-point bars. Um, Michigan is an incredibly diverse state when it comes to agriculture. And so when I go to southwest Michigan, a lot of seed corn production, a lot of lighter irrigated soil, there's actually a fair amount of three-point planters there. You go up into the Saginaw Valley in, in the Thumb area, and there's some, some mellow ground that guys uh, are heavy tillage for sugar beets. And there's a few three-point planters. The majority, I would say, of my region is, is a front-fold bar. There's a lot of front-fold uh, 1770 NTs or, or a bar similar to that, narrow transport for the road. Um, there's a fair amount of Kinsey lift and twist because, we have a lot of houses and people <laughs> that we try to farm around sometimes. Your roads um, aren't that wide down there. <laughs> not always. They're not always too wide. Um, you get into that sugar beet country, and the DB style planter is extremely common. And one of the reasons why that's a very common planter type there is the Saginaw Valley and some have big fields, open, more open fields, less people. And there's a lot of narrower rows. There's a lot of sugar beet guys in 20 or 22 inch rows. And those DB style bars allow that narrow row width. As um, opposed to what an NT the, is because of transport tires, correct? Correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Transport tires on an NT, you ain't getting narrow rows. Yep. 30 inch row is your option. Yep. Um, so, I mean, th there's an incredible diversity really in different areas of my region in terms of even what bar type or row width they have. Gotcha. Are you seeing, so then um, just a little bit more question then is what are some of the actual, um, what are some of the brands of custom bars that are coming in your area that you see? You've mentioned Harvest. Is there other guys that are bringing in some custom bars in different bar types? Um, Harvest, our Agco bar. What else are you seeing in your area? Or what are guys taking? Yeah. Are taking an older planter and rebuilding it from scratch? Is that more common as well? I don't think we quite have as many maybe custom planters as like Caleb was saying because, I mean, let's be honest, it is significantly easier to create a three-point bar instead of a folding bar with, with those pivot points and valve blocks. There's just more companies that make a three-point bar. And, and they're significantly cheaper as a result. So 
Harvest is one, the Agco Bar, um, Central Michigan, there's a company called uh, uh, Meisenhelder Welding. Um, Meisenhelder Welding used to be on contract, I believe, with Monosem and used to make Monosem bars a few years ago. Um, they still will make that, that custom bar. It's just not very common. Um, the majority of you guys, I would say, take a existing OEM bar and strip it down and recreate it. I mean, the DV bar is great for that. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and existing front folds that, that's, that's a little more common than maybe buying a brand new bar and, and starting off with that. But, Harvest is probably Harvest International is probably the the top custom made bar from scratch that I have several dealers utilizing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and I would say it's still more common to to repurpose the planner that that the grower already has. But when we are building the custom bars, those are know, the or, bars. Or bringing them in. Yep. Those those are the bars. Yeah, that we're going to use. I think that kind of leads us into our next topic a little bit. Uh, we want to talk about shanks, basically. What are you guys seeing for shanks Are when they're doing these rebuilds? Are we sticking with, uh, you know, say it's an, an XP row unit on a 1770, kind of what you guys were talking about being your, your bread and butter. Are they sticking with that XP shank? Or are they pulling that off, replacing? What are you guys seeing in field, whether that's a, a new replacement shank from – from the OEM or a precision planning ready row unit or where, where are they going for a new shank? Um, kind of depends a little bit on, on what we're doing. So if, if we're going with a new bar, a lot of times guys are looking for a new row unit as well. So if, if they're going with Harvest International, most likely, um, and usually I would actually say they're going with the laser pro from Harvest International. Yep. Um, with some of the other ones that are just bar manufacturers um, and they don't have a row unit, we'll either put the precision planning ready row unit on there. Um, they may go uh, to harvesting by just row units. It's typically a new row unit somewhere. Now, if we're stripping a bar down, a lot of times um, we're going to look for a cast iron row unit, especially, you know, if it, previously if it was stamped steel, we're going to try to get the shit those off. We're going to get a cast row unit, um, and a number of my dealers will go out and find XP row units um, for their customers um, and, and, and just put those on. Gotcha. Especially if it was already a John Deere planner. Yep. Um, yep. Or case row. you got some guys, so they'll go find case row units and put them on um, a bar as well. But, yeah, new bar, probably brand new row unit, and either precision or, or harvest, for my experience down here. Yeah. Jason? So the Eastern Corn Belt, specifically Michigan, Ohio, we have these things called rocks. I never encountered one in 20 years of being in Ohio. I've actually never seen one. That's a, that's a, I don't know what yeah, that is. I bet. <laughs> I bet. So when, when, when my dealers are having conversations with customers over even just simply putting Delta Force on, the shank becomes a top priority conversation because rocks, and then you start to move into hydraulic downforce, and you start to figure out that stamp steel shanks bend and flex and crack and break pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Not that a cast shank can't break. It can, but it's significantly harder, right? Yep. 
So that that certainly becomes a, a focus point of the conversation. And so guys are putting on half shanks a lot of times if we're customizing that planter from the ground up. Um, we have we have a fair amount of my dealers that have started to install the precision planting ready row unit with that cast shank um, harvest bars with the laser pro uh, I understand that that's a steel shank but it's it's a lot heavier duty than let's say a max merge two row unit yeah yeah we're talking about uh, some serious differences there right right so one thing um as I mentioned that, I think one of the things we, you talked about here is one of the big things is the shank is the main piece of it, and then all the pieces that go into it are your, your parallel arms, which are wear arms, or all of that stuff, gauge wheels, um, closing systems, all that's replaceable pieces or, or aftermarket additions. And so I'm guessing a lot of you guys, these guys are starting with basically just the core shank of it, um, unless they're buying a brand new, fully assembled shank. Jason, is that, or uh, yeah, Jason, is that where you're seeing it, or what are you guys? When you stripped your unit down, did you start with just the the base shank and then add gauge wheels and everything else assemble outside of what you wanted for it? Yeah, yeah. So when I started, I knew that there were certain things that I did or did not want on there. So when you customize it, right, you can buy that shank. And then I knew that I wanted to put on um, an aftermarket seat tube guard. Yep. I knew that I wanted to put on, um, so the, the the gauge wheel arm and bushing that deer sells directly, I wanted to put that version on, their, their newer XP bushing and gauge wheel arm instead of the older version. I knew I wanted to put conceal on with the conceal gauge wheel, right? So, so it allowed me to kind of piece together piece by piece exactly what I wanted to have on the row unit. But, yeah, the, the cast shank was the main thing that I had to decide on which direction I wanted to go. That That's the, that's the focal point of the whole row unit and how we yep. build it up. Yep. Good. So one, one more couple questions, I guess, really, I shouldn't say one, but we're kind of trying to wrap things up. What are you guys seeing in, in territory in terms of uh, building these planners? What can go wrong in the planning stages? Where, where are guys getting tripped up? Um, how do we avoid having a three-quarter built planner sitting in the shop in May? Which, Caleb, for you, that's nothing new because you guys are done by then and they're all parked and washed up and all that. But I guess coming from Ohio is more oh, more, easy. More, more, more pertains. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We haven't, I got areas that haven't even started by May. Yeah. <laughs> so We've got about a six-month planting season. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else crams it into about a week, and Caleb spreads his out over six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. What, yeah, what are we what are we missing in the planning stages? Um, how do we plan for? Hey, I'm building a 24, 36, you know, whatever name your row planner, and that doesn't fit into my shop. How do I work around that? And once we get done with this, and and the guy's ready for his next one, what are we seeing in terms of resale? So I'm I'm kind of hitting you with three of them all at the same time, but what is what are you guys seeing in territory in terms of that stuff? Yeah, um, so the actual, you know, good questions. Shop size um, can definitely come into play there. Now, luckily, we have a lot of warm weather, um, <laughs> even in the winter. And a lot of them do get built outside or, or just under a, an overhang roof or something. Um, now, if you're getting it from harvest, you can actually um, 
you know, it can come with the row units already on it. And then you're kind of just, you know, laying out backbones, putting on your V drive Delta, Pearl Force, whichever parts that the, that the grower wants. I, w I would also say making sure that you have it completely 100% spec out with the customer, you know, as you're going through the ordering process, it just seems like I've ran into a couple of situations where grower knows we're going to, we're going to get it so the bar gets ordered, but we're not sure on closing system. And there, there's unknowns, and waiting on that can just drag things out a little bit or wrong parts get ordered, you know, and really trying to have an idea of what's going on the planner. You know, the other thing, too, is you know, if you're building a custom planner for a grower, you're the dealer for the entire planter, the entire system where – you know, if I'm if I'm a dealer and I just went out and I put let's say V drive and Delta Force on a planner, you know, and he's having issues with his his central commodity boxes, he's gonna call the OEM on that. Right. Yep. You know, I'm probably not the one coming out. But if all of a sudden if my if my seed delivery system is not functioning correctly, I'm calling the guy who built the planner. Yep. Yep. And so as a dealer, you've got to be ready for calls on the entire planter. You you built it. You sold the planter, and so just so, that's something to think through. You've got to be ready for that. You own the whole thing. You know, there's not, you know, I'm not really calling an OEM. I'm not going to call John Deere to come help me with my harvest planter. Yeah, right. yeah, you that's know. that's something we hadn't really thought about, I guess, and that's a good good perspective. CCS fold cylinders, everything about it now becomes your responsibility, not not an OEM. You didn't add something onto it. You built it from your. It was it is yours. Correct. Correct. Yes. So, um, and that, that's a big piece that you've got to kind of think through because at that point you are the planner expert. You're the guy that growers are calling and you own it too. You know, yep. you own the bills. So it's, it, that's a big piece just, you know, and it's a mindset you, you've got to be willing to have when you're going to go in, into that piece of, of building and selling complete planners. Yeah. I don't think it's something that should scare dealers away from it, but it's something that the dealer should should think through. This is this decision when we sell this custom planner, we need to make sure that we can we know enough about the the product that we're selling that we can support it when it gets to that, or we have the resources available that we can contact if need be to support that. And I think that's something that we talk about a lot here in Tremont, particularly about being a trusted partner. Right, that is total ownership. That is being the trusted partner and, and taking care of that customer tip to tail. And so, guys, to add to that point, Caleb, you're absolutely right. You know, as precision planning employees and as dealers, we got to look at the customer's perspective sometimes on these custom-built bars because there's a certain level of trust factor there that when a customer buys that custom bar from you as a dealer, he's trusting that you're going to be there as a dealer for the next, not just one year, but for the next five, ten-plus years to Tell him, you, you know, parts if he needs it for that planner and to help service it. So when you take custom ownership, right, or total ownership of that, you've got to give that customer some confidence and you've got to instill, the, you know, that trust factor that you're still going to be there. Yeah. Yep. You, you guys know what I'm saying? That, you, you, that you've got to give him that confidence that you're just not, you know, doing that. And at some point, you know, yeah, you may retire and someone else doesn't take over the business. You got to give him confidence that you're going to be there for years to come. Absolutely. And I think our dealers have done that that have sold custom bars. Yep. 
Yep. No, that's a good, yeah. that's a good call out for, for as guys are thinking about it. What are you going to say, Caleb? You know, and then, you know, you brought up the, the resale value as well. That's, that is a big question and concern growers have as well. What's, what's this going to be worth? And, and honestly, the jury's still out on a lot of that. Um, now down here, I would say we've really started into the custom planner builds, um, you know, building the complete planner really, you know, two, three, maybe four years we're into it. And a lot of these have, have not been sold yet. Gotcha, you know, okay. a grower went out, bought the planner, specifically for a scenario on their farm, you know, I wanted it this way, this setup. I don't know what the market is for a 24 row, 40 inch stack full bar. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sure it's real big. There's a big market in Michigan. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah. 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 You and Jason so, trade phone numbers and you guys can get those babies sold to Michigan. <laughs> right. So, so yeah, that's, that is a very hard and difficult question. Um, but as it's become more popular, um, and guys, you know, basically, you know, build your own planner that you want, why am I looking at getting rid of it, you yeah. know, anytime soon as yep. well? Yep. So if you're going to hold on to it for a long time, then that's it's the resale value is not as big a deal. You're going to depreciate it out before you actually um, wind up selling it. Correct. Jason, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts? <clears throat> so, the, the, the first question that Clay asked was, you know, what can go wrong in the planning stage? And, and I think that's a really, it's a really good question. It's, it's a little bit difficult of a question for me to answer. And I've been spending some time thinking about that. The one thing I can say is when it comes to the planning stage, something I've encouraged my dealers to do, whether it be a custom planner or you're retrofitting a planner with just flow sense or via ply HD Liquid, there's so many things, so many individual little parts or, you know, a fitting or a banjo valve or whatever that you could put on. In my opinion, instead of just pricing out each individual thing one by one and billing the customer for each individual fitting one by one, I'm recommending that dealers put together a, a you know, one standard price for everything, right? Because if, if I'm going to an OEM dealership and I'm buying a new planner, they're not literally giving me line item by line item for every fitting, right. every tire, every disc, you know, there's none of that. Yep. It's, it's a, it's a package price. And especially when it comes to liquid, there's so much variability that you're not going to be able to plan in my opinion, each and every liquid part that you're going to need for that install. Yep. But, you know, if a dealer, you know, ballparks ahead of time about what that package price is, then he doesn't worry about having to go back and bill that customer for, you know, $20 worth of fitting. Yep. Yep. Um, that's the one thing that I would say in that planning stage um, that that could go wrong to, to consider. Um, the second question was about shop size. So it's unique this winter because like right now I'm sitting at a dealer shop in West Michigan, which is one of the lake effect snow capitals of the world. And yet somehow there's no snow on the ground. <laughs> Normally by this time in mid January, there's a bunch of snow on the ground. And so shop space is valued to my dealers in the winter. Yeah. Now when I, so I've worked at precision for seven years now. When I started as a region manager, I really only had a couple dealers 
that were doing installs in, in a shop of their own. The majority of my dealers did installs in a customer shop or waited until it warmed up a little bit and did the install in April last second. But in the last several years, I have so many dealers that are doing these custom builds now and custom retrofits that the vast majority of my dealers now have a shop of their own to do that in. And so is shop size an issue? It's not as much as it used to be, but shop shop space to my dealers is, is a premium and it's valued because of our weather, right? Yep. We don't, we don't have 60, 70 degree temperatures, you know, all winter long, like they may have in South Texas, right, Caleb? <laughs> um, some areas, some areas, I know, I know it gets a little colder in some other parts of your, your region, but, um, the, the last question that you asked was resale value. Again, seven years ago, it was very common for me to hear comments from customers that, well, they were, they're concerned about the resale value. And if they want to sell this planner in the future, is it going to be worth anything? And at that time, the OEM dealership didn't really want to give customers any trade-in value for the precision planning products that were on the planner. Yep. You know, if they trade in a 1770 NC with Delta Force V-Drive speed tube, the dealership gave them the value of just the bar and row unit. Yep. Now there's so many used planners that are out there and being bought relatively quickly. Part of that is supply chain issues that we may or may not have. Right. Yep. And part of it is because as customers that are used to buying used pieces of equipment start to gain more confidence in our product line and in our dealers, service that they're more confident to buy a used planner and so I, I think i mean for what i've seen in the last about four years resale value has gotten substantially better substantially better and customers are used to now buying a used planner that's had our equipment on it for several years and because we have an excellent dealer network they have confidence that those dealers are going to help them with that used planner to get it running. And of course our dealers are going to have some service revenue from that and potential selling more parts in the future. But I think retail value has improved dramatically in the last handful of years Good compared to where it used to be. Yeah. And that's, that's only going to continue to grow. In my opinion, I think we'll just continue to have stronger resale and, and up from here. Yeah. I think as I would do my, I asked the question, or Clay was asking the question. We put it together on the on the sheet, and that's actually one of the things I was expecting to hear you say was because my my estimation has been that they have grown exponentially more valuable um, in the last four or five years as far as resale goes. Um, guys are starting to see the value of it, and it may be specific to what you want, but um, there's also a lot of similarities in farmers. And so, if someone has the idea idea to build it a specific way. There's probably another farmer out there that has some desire to have it that same way. Certainly. So. Certainly. All right. I think that ends my list of questions that I've got. Clay, do you have anything else on your sheet? That's what I got. Well, guys, I think um, I think that's it for what we've got here. I really appreciate you both coming on and uh, taking some time to, to talk through custom planner bars and go through it. I really appreciate your information. This was a lot of fun to go through. So 
Caleb, Jason, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Um, on the back end of this, uh, as if you listen to the last podcast, we had a shop hack. Um, Clay, you and uh, Tyler talked through what a hack is. So yeah. if you guys don't know what a shop hack is or a life hack, uh, go back and listen to the first part of the last episode, and you can figure out what those are. But we have Kyle Manzer, or Kyle Schmidt from Manzer Equipment um, coming on to do a uh, brief update of what, what is his shop hack and what is the benefit for him. So thank you guys, and have a great week. Kyle Schmidt is with me now from Manzer Equipment. You guys are out of Nebraska. Help me out with a town. Osmond. Osmond? Like Donnie and Marie. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's actually the image that, that, that's, those are the two people that came to mind when you said that. So generally people that aren't from there, you say that, that's what they think. Of, so <laughs> it's spelled the same and everything. So it's a good reference point. Not the first time you've had to explain that. No. I can tell. I've been doing it since fourth grade at least. So tell me a little bit about the dealership. Uh, we're with, uh, well, I'm with Manzer Equipment, and uh, we're located on Highway 20, which is kind of like a east-west pipeline, runs across the uh, north-central part of Nebraska, and uh, that business is originally in Alice Chalmers, turned into Agco dealership, and um, took on precision planning uh, in uh, 2019, I believe. I've been working with precision planning since 2014, so I was on my own prior to that. And then throughout COVID and other things like that, I joined the team at Manzers. And so um, we've uh, been able to uh, incorporate it into that and been able to um, help grow precision planning awareness and sales since I've been there. And it's been a lot of fun. We're actually in the process of building a new dedicated planner building for assemblies. Cool. Awesome. One of the reasons that I wanted to grab you and ask this question was you mentioned to me, you guys do a lot of your install work in a grower's shed. Correct. Right? We're going to get some feedback through asking questions about shop hacks, you know, what you do to kind of be more efficient in the shop that's going to focus on somebody's shop on property, right? I think you're a little unique, and I think there's a lot of others that also go to somebody's place and do their install work. So that's why I wanted to grab you is I I thought this would be a good perspective. Give me something in the last year or two that you've done that going to a customer shop makes you more efficient with installs. A, preparation. So when we first start the conversation about what they're going to buy, having a good handle on what you have in stock, and that's become more of a challenge as well because um, we didn't use to order things ahead of time as much as we would have liked. We did stuff a la carte, so we make the sale, we place the order, it all comes at once. Uh, Supply chain no longer allows for that, so um, it's, uh, but even so, when we were able to do things a la carte, um, getting a process down for getting the whole order received and knowing what you got, so basically taking inventory and consolidating those parts just for that job is kind of step one. And then the second thing is then, we invested in an enclosed trailer that most enclosed trailers have like a, a vertical fold, the hinges on the bottom, you take the straps off, it folds down, you can walk up a ramp. Um, we uh, asked our local trailer dealer, can we get one that's got like semi-trailer doors on it instead that have side hinges and so it opens like a semi-trailer would. Okay. And that enables us to do a couple of things. One is that 
we can load it with a forklift. Things come on pallets. We can load it up easily and get it moved around. We can put a hand truck in there to move things from the back to the front without damaging the floor if need be. Um, and that enables us to take those whole orders to the customer without having to do extra steps, putting them in the back of a truck, tarping it, um, losing things along the way, which was also a hard lesson I learned on my very first order. Try to take something down the road and wind will remove plastic wrapping pretty quickly <laughs> and actually flipped a couple drive uh, V drives with V set boxes out on the road, narrowly avoided the getting hit by an 18 wheeler closed trailer takes care of that. No problems. Um, the other thing that you can do with an enclosed trailer that has that is that you could load up a whole toolbox. Um, so when we load the load, the order onto the trailer, we check it again for accuracy, making sure we have everything, um, and then when we get out there, uh, a lot of times it's what we call a guided install, which usually entails doing uh, the layout of the PDM, say the PDM, the lift manifold is going to go here. We're going to lay out the backbones and then kind of on the floor, like we do similar here in training, showing the customer how it's going to go together. It has saved me time when it comes to in-season troubleshooting because they know where components are. So that's a good thing, too. The last thing is very small, but um, especially with our ground-engaging components from precision planning, uh, getting a torque wrench from Harbor Freight that you can loan to people. That's so you'll, you'll actually go get them a torque wrench from Harbor Freight. If they're going to do their own install, leave it at the farm. But that, that assures them, hey, this is important. This yes. does have to be torqued properly. And to do that, you need this torque wrench, right? I, right? I know that you have the tool you need, and you recognize the importance of. Right. Um, little things like that, but the torque wrench has gone a long way, especially with Conceal, I think, is the first one that comes to mind. But um, thankfully, we've had another store in our area actually come into the area, so I didn't have to drive as far either. So if it does get lost or um, doesn't come back to me, it's – really not bi not that big of a deal but I usually just I have a good one I keep in my truck and I have the Harbor Freight one and I keep it along so that if I have to leave it somewhere I can do it so works good right on Kyle thank you for the time thank you yep